Who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC resale market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVC Resale Market. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com joffreys coffee and tea a flavor for every disney memory and now from the monsters inc laugh floor it's the mickey dudes podcast Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch, joined today by my amazing Mickey Dude commentator from across the pond in Glasgow, Scotland. We have Stephen Maxwell. I'm surprised folk remember me, but I'm surrounded by idiots. Actually, I thought you was, I was waiting. I thought today you were going to say, uh, I'm working with an idiot. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't remember the last time I was on. It must be about a month and a half ago. So uh, I think obviously with the rotation and uh, just other things that were committed to. So no, it's good to be back on. By the way. I'd love, I really want to give it to Annie last week for uh, really stepping in and giving us a break and uh, coming on and hosting our show for us. I thought she did an amazing job. What about you? I know. Who'd have thought, eh? <laughs> Somebody coming in straight in, straight on the bat, straight in the, doing the, the host. No, it was really good. Uh, I think it's a good addition to the team. I think we really uh, want to watch there. I've been wanting to add a woman's opinion to this show for a very long time. We've had some amazing women that have uh, come on to this show uh, as guests, and they are always most welcome because, you know, the more the better. But I'm actually excited about having Annie as a regular on our show now. No, it's really good. Uh, It's definitely a a good addition to the team. I can't wait to obviously be back on with her. Yes. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear a hum in the background, I apologize. Uh, gotta go to work tomorrow and I need clean laundry, so I'm kind of in a conundrum. So <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Must. <laughs> so this weekend was D23, and our very own Jeff Williams, uh, big shock, went to the, the D20. <laughs> I'll get my words out right. Went to D23. So. He has probably uh, just had one of those weekends where he's been hit from every end, and he's exhausted now, and he's trying to get back into his everyday work life. So we're going to give him a break, and we're going to ask him to come on at another time and talk about his experience at D23. Maybe not necessarily what's been announced, because that's tonight, but we're going to talk about how it is to actually go to D23 as a spectator. So we will have him on for that very soon but tonight Stephen and I kind of wanted to just go over the new things that are coming to uh, Walt Disney World that were announced at D23 uh, some of these things you know what like la- like the last D23 where I went to I'll believe it when I see it because they announced some things that didn't come to fruition 
like the new, uh, the last time I was there, they announced a huge uh, theater coming to uh, Town Square in the Magic Kingdom. That got scrapped. Years ago, they announced uh, where uh, Disney Springs was. It was going to be uh, Hyperion, Warth- Hi- Hyperion Wharf or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And that ended up getting uh, tabled into what is known as Disney Springs. So some of these things sound a little bit, uh, I don't know, Disney. Too good to be true. Uh, yeah, but I would also say maybe Disney might be getting a little too big for their britches at the moment because, you know. I don't know. They own half the world, don't they? Yeah, so but. I think they've got as. They, they can put out whatever they want. And this this is true, but. Because it you know, could happen. I don't know. I'm just trying to think, even with Galaxy's Edge and everything, and the fact is they're not. You know, they're offering discounts now because they thought Galaxy's Edge was going to be their save, saving grace and they're offering discounts so I have to wonder where is all the money coming for all of this so but we'll get to it but Stephen I have you on so we'll go with we'll go with your favorite subject right away and we're going to start at the Magic Kingdom so I'm sure you know where we're going with this so my friend I'm going to give you this one uh, I think, are you talking about the Tron? Yeah, of course I'm Costa? talking about Tron. <laughs> well, I know they announced, obviously, the the recently and uh, the carriages that are, are going on at the Magic Kingdom. They're out and they look fantastic. I mean, the neon outfits that the, the cast members will be wearing uh, with the identity discs at the back, uh, it just looks, I just cannot wait. As... Dave was saying it is my favourite sort of franchise uh, being Tron, but every time you look at the Magic Kingdom just now, you see the construction work that's going on. It's they're throwing it up like nobody's business. I mean, I know Disney have been sort of held back a wee bit, saying this is all that Universal can just throw a ride up, you know, in a year. But this, the construction work for Tron is really, really going hell for leather. So hopefully. Uh, I'll be open a lot sooner than what they're, they're making out, but I just, it just looks great. The concept art, this is the the, the outfits, the the actual ride vehicles. I just can't wait to go and actually get onto it. Whether it's going to be there for the next time I, I go, I don't know. Uh, but as you say, you always put new things in so that you have to go back again. Okay, so someone who is a local who goes a lot now. I have to say, since you can see the track to Tron, it looks like it's going to be a really short ride. I'm wondering if there's only one cycle, or maybe you go maybe more than once through the through the through the cycle of the ride. They're not saying two and a half minutes, mm. so it may actually be twice that you get around it. Uh, but it's I, possible. I don't know if they, they, I don't know if they're actually finished the the actual construction of the the coaster as yet, because I know obviously they were doing a lot of the, the inside stuff so, so they could actually throw up the building round about it, because I think it's going to be it's going to be inside and outside. Okay, uh, so that make that makes sense then, because right now they have the, I don't know how, how far they were along when you were here, but they have a big part of the track that's already uh, built, and I just assumed that they were going to build the building around it, but if, the, if it's going to be incorporated in part of the building, and you know, maybe if you're... Uh, Zipping around the circumference of the building or something like that. That I makes that, that really makes is. pretty. That makes uh, that makes. I'm sorry. The uh, actually would it be the radius? Yeah, whatever. If you're zipping around the building, going outside <laughs> and then going back, going back in, and Aye. there's an extension of the track on the building. That makes sense too. Okay, so that I can see. I'm excited for this one. I'm, I've still never seen Tron. I think that yeah, maybe I'll have to see Tron before the <laughs> uh, before I ride it, just just to kind of get the story. So I guess eventually I'm going to have to give in and see Tron because it's going to be one of these e-ticket attractions. So okay, so going to Twitterverse as well. The, you know, there's polls going about for the animated series uh, to be brought back. <laughs> By Disney, uh, there's also uh, a push to try and get Tron 3 back on track as well, uh, especially after Tomorrowland sort of bombed, and unfortunately with that bombing took Tron 3 along with it. Uh, 
I, I just think that there's more chance of a, a third film actually coming out if they've got a roller coaster at the Magic Kingdom than it would be beforehand. And I know obviously Shanghai's got the the original Tron ride, but I, I do feel as if it, it is time to put some money back in. Because I, I don't think it was that much of a bomb. I mean, obviously, if, if Tron hadn't been made, a lot of the stuff for Pixar wouldn't have been, you know, come to fruition as well. So it does sort of come hand in hand uh, and futuristic, you know, definitely fit into Tomorrowland, no problem. All right, so yeah. let's get let's get back, and um, we also got a look at uh, Mickey and Minnie's runaway rail- runaway railway. And I'm kind of excited about this ride. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I saw, again, they were going out with the concept art of the, the ride vehicles as well. Uh, and the facade, what's going to be outside, just at the, the Chinese theatre as well, uh, all lit up. And that looks really exciting as well. Yeah, uh, okay, I'm going to make it... I think I made it clear from a very a very long time ago that I hate the new animation of the uh, Disney shorts. The stories are brilliant. I can watch them all I can watch them over and over again. I love that station uh when you stay on Disney property that shows all the cartoons except yeah. for those stupid 3 hours where they show the same bedtime story over and over again. And when you <laughs> want to run a race and you want to go to sleep watching cartoons, it gets a little annoying because you have to wait for the cartoons to come back on, it's very, it's very frustrating. But I don't know. I've, we've had some members of our team that have said it's reminiscent of Ren and Stimpy and brings it back to their childhood. And I get that and I understand. But it just seems like a cheaper form of animation to what Disney was always known as. Disney just was the one that set the bar on animation. And this just, this just seems like lazy animation to me. But with that, I mean, they've got to, they've got to get stuff out, and I, and I know obviously quality is a good thing, you know. But it's a new generation when I, when you're talking about millennials and stuff like that. I mean, we're obviously old hat at this, and I've grown up with like the original Mickey Mouse shorts, and but you saw what it was like when we moved to sort of Disney Junior and stuff like that. You know, I did change for that, and then obviously it's changing again with the shorts, you know, for the the new ride. I just feel as if, yeah, it's just different, but it's what younger people want. I mean, yeah. maybe a lot of times they're not actually playing to the older market like ourselves, Dave. I can, I, can, I can see that. And you know what? I'm going to ride this ride and I'm sure I'm going to love it because it's Mickey Mouse. It's, it's the characters we grew up with. It's going to be a good story and it's Disney, so they're going to do some things that are going to have us wowed. I mean, they're they're talking about a 3D without 3D glasses that's supposed to be really uh, mind-blowing. So you know what? I'm going to give them a chance on this one, and I'm looking forward to what I'm about to see with this. So do I like the animation? No, but you know what? It's not the end of the world. I still like the stories, and I guess I can grow to like it. <laughs> I don't think we've really got an option, Dave. Eh. Well, I'm a part of I'm a part of the Disney Twitterverse, so I can complain because you know I'm entitled like that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Star Wars Hotel—they're calling it a um, Star Cruiser or something like that. Yeah, the Galactic Star uh, Cruiser. Whether that's a good idea or not, it's a great concept. You know, the concept of having a, a Star Wars hotel is fantastic. Uh, the concept that goes along with the price tag, I really don't know. Yeah. It's really quite elitist in relation to who they're actually going to be aiming that for, uh, especially obviously with the total immersion as soon as you walk through the door. Uh, I just feel as if Folk are, folk are just they're not going to be able to attain that sort of level of I wouldn't say excitement because it still, it still is exciting but 
it's like winning the lottery. You know, it's one of these things where it's it's not going to be accessible to the majority of your your normal Disney park goers. And this is true. And <laughs> I have to wonder how long are they going to really keep that going for that reason? Because they might have a market for it, but even at that high price tag with the lower level of clientele, as far as uh, as far as numbers, are they really going to be able to pull this off? And as time goes on, are they going to be able to still give it the same quality? Because, you know, if you have all of these act- actors constantly... I'm thinking that that has to be equity actors that are going to be in this, doing this. So I have a funny feeling that eventually they might have to offer some things like, you know, like, you know, they might have like half day stays or something like that, where you can just kind of just experience some of the best of the best in it. I I don't think it's going to happen right away, but I think sooner or later they're going to have to do something to get people into there because... Yeah, the peop- there are going to be there are going to be the most elite of the elite that are going to pay for it and everything, and it's going to continue on. But I think that's what I said earlier on. Uh, we we got a chat as well, and uh, I put out a couple of weeks ago that says, "When did you think that Galaxy's Edge was actually going to be taking on fast passes?" And Michael went, thought it says maybe December, uh, and Jeff came back and said never. It's it's the 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 attraction. I mean, folk are always going to go to Galaxy's Edge. I mean, obviously, that's why they've ploughed all this money into uh, both coasts. Uh, they're always going to be queuing to get into the cantina. They're always going to be queuing to get into Millennium Falcon. This is especially with the new ride coming up as well. But I just feel as if you've got the. Grand Floridian, you've got the Contemporary, you've got the Polynesian, all sort of attainable to a point. But when you're talking between what three and five thousand dollars for a minimum stay, I think it's like three days, two or three days. Mm-hmm. You're talking about about nine thousand dollars to stay in a hotel for three days, and regardless of what kind of immersion you're actually going to get, I'd be looking for. Like walking out with gold lightsabers and stuff like that, you know, for that sort of price. It's just. And I also have to wonder yeah, you have a lot of Star Wars fans, but if you're staying in Disney World for that amount of time and you're paying that amount of money, you're basically just staying in that hotel and you're going to Galaxy's Edge if you want to be part of that story. Well, wouldn't you want to go to the other parks too at some point? Yeah, now granted, it could be argued that if you have enough money to do that, you can then switch to like the Grand Floridian or something like that and the rest of the time go to the other parks and make it a really nice vacation. But I just kind of feel like if there are people that are going to pay this, I feel like is Star Wars just going to be... Is, do they have a fan base that can afford this, that Star Wars is just the only draw and nothing else that the Walt Disney World Resort has to offer? Is it is it strong enough to stand on its own for that long? I, I know it will at the beginning. Yes. Okay. I would probably say yes, Dave, because, I, I mean, I'm a bit of a, a geek right and when it comes to these sort of things but the amount of geeks out there that want to experience this they will maybe forgo going to Disney and they might not even be Disney fans you know they'll be Star Wars fans they'll go you know and maybe not bother with the rest of the parks and they're not even interested in that but they will plough their money into Star Wars because uh, you've seen it for all the, the conventions and stuff when Star Wars is mentioned even dropping today and I know this is something we might discuss later on but uh, the new trailer for uh, the new Star Wars film coming out folk are on edge you know desperate to throw money at Star Wars you know you see that it's what $99 for a, a lightsaber to make your own lightsaber crazy you know folk are throwing money at these you know just to make a, a lightsaber never mind 
you know, stay in a hotel for maybe three days, it's going to cost them the best part of $10,000. Okay. I can, Wouldn't it be me? <laughs> I, can, I, can see, I can see your argument. And yes, I do believe that there are definitely going to be people. I was just, my, my wonder is just, will it be enough to keep, will it be enough to keep going on and on? Or is there a point where people are just going to not, they're not going to have the occupancy that they hope to have and they're going to have to discount that. And then once they discount that, there goes the quality, they, there goes the quality of the experience you're going to have. Because I feel yeah. like, you know, if you have these really good actors that are going to be part of this story, you know, they're going to be want to be paid well. And you know what? You have these really good, you have these really good entertainment uh, acts. And what ends up happening? Disney ends up letting them go. Citizens of Hollywood, Off Kilter, all of these, all of these things that draw a crowd. Disney doesn't want to pay them. And then it's, okay, well, we'll find something else for the time being that we can pay less. So... I know, but a lot of these things obviously are incorporated with your park ticket anyway. Yeah. You're paying three thousand dollars a night per person. But I'm saying, you know, I think I don't. I can understand where you're coming from. You don't not want to pay the, the actors obviously the, what they're they're worth in relation to actually you know the experience. So it will obviously drop down if the if the actors that are there originally, you know, are doing a good job will leave. Well, that's the thing. If, that's the thing. I don't think that this is a job for your average face character. Yes, yeah, those face characters are really good about staying in character and not breaking character and everything. But if they're going to be basically telling a story all day and everything, I kind of feel like they got to go for equity actors on this one. So I'm yeah. wondering, you know, that actors union better uh, get have... You know, I think that they can have Disney by the proverbial you know what <laughs> in that case. So I think that uh, I just think that Disney better keep its uh, workers happy in this case. And in this case, the mouse can't be a rat. <laughs> and I know I sound negative and I'm really not trying to be. I'm just trying. I'm just going with the history of how. Things have been lately, you know, you get this top-notch experience and then they just kind of water it down over time. So. All right, shall we talk Epcot? Yeah, well. Oh, before uh, we talk Epcot. Yeah. Let's talk about the big, uh, the proverbial, um, Lewd gesture that Disney gave touring plans by creating uh, Disney Genie because honestly, <laughs> this has basically been done before, and uh, Len Tester is not uh, Disney's uh, f- is not Disney's favorite person right now because uh, he obviously could not. Uh, what was it? Uh, I think the whole thing with Len and the touring plans that kind of made him on the outs is that. He refused to recommend the Hollywood Studios in the unofficial guide because during the time it was just a construction zone and he basically told people, you know, save your money or go to other parks because only if you have a park hopper is it worth it going to uh, the studios at this moment because there's really nothing available there. He felt he had to take a stand and put it in good conscience recommend he's got a, studios he's got a website to, to, to run if he's recommending somewhere that had like what three rides four rides and a couple of shows i mean they blamed animal kingdom for being a half day park you could do hollywood studios in a couple of hours if you pulled it off right in relation to your fast passes and you know getting everything done and you'd be out there by that one two o'clock it's just so Exactly. He's obviously looking towards his customers exactly. rather than obviously bowing down to, to Disney. And because of doing that, Disney started riding him like a government mule. <laughs> and it's just, it's a shame. And now they put up this Disney genie, which, by the way, uh, 
thank you to our friends at Streaming the Magic that uh, I'm taking this uh, right up from them. Planned to debut in late 2020, Disney Genie will be a revolutionary new digital offering to enhance the way guests plan for an experience for an experience a trip to Walt Disney World Resort. Disney Genie will make planning easier and more fun by providing guests customized itineraries geared to princesses, thrill seekers, foodies, families, and more. Guests will even be able to tell Disney Genie what they want to experience, and it will quickly evaluate millions of options to present them with an optimal day. It sounds like the optimizer on touring plans. Yeah. And but again, they're, they're talking about being a, a premium service, or, or possibly being a premium service. Yeah, that's okay. Well, well that, here's the thing. If they're going to create a premium app, make sure it works because the app that they have now, it sucks. So yeah. if that app is messing up, and that's what my originally my Disney experience was to be able to plan your trip. Well, guess what? Half the time you can't even get into it. You it loads up and then it crashes your entire phone. Or you try to make a fast pass and it comes up that uh, we are unable to complete this action right now. Please try again later. So yeah, the other thing is obviously that coming from the UK, obviously we've not got a cell provider across in the US, so you have to rely on the Wi-Fi and again this is something obviously we've got to ramp up because there is definitely pockets within the parks that you just can't get anywhere this is and to, to add another service onto my Disney experience just now it's just going to make it even worse well this is again one of those I will believe it when I see it and in this case, yes, the app's going to come out, but let's just see how uh, well this is going to be because you remember Pal Mickey? Oh, I We had a Pal Mickey. Mm-hmm. Where is he now? I know. I know. It's a shame because that, that was a really good concept. It was really good when you were in the, the queues for a ride uh, and it could you know, give you facts about that ride and tell you jokes. It was quite good. Especially if the your child was going to be bringing a a, a plush along with them, you know, it, it gave them the interactive into the the sort of whole park. But again, you know, it's sitting in a shelf somewhere. It's about like Toy Story too, you know. It probably Somebody's doesn't even a, work. Whereas, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, you go you go to a uh, you go to a secondhand toy shop and you find an old Teddy Ruxpin on the on, on the shelf. And then you go home and you have an old Black Sabbath uh, cassette and you put it in <laughs> and it's just pure joy and pure magic to watch that thing go. <laughs> All right. So with that said, let's talk about Epcot. Yeah, well, new concept of uh, a ride at the UK Pavilion, which they're going to uh, revamp with a cherry tree lane uh, at the back of the pavilion into a, a Mary Poppins sort of themed ride which I don't know how good that would be and I know obviously Mary Poppins is quite popular especially uh, Mary Poppins Returns wasn't didn't do the it did alright but it didn't do as good as they were hoping yeah I saw the first 20 minutes of it and I sort of switched it off so I might have to go and have another wee go at that. Uh, I didn't think it was as bad. The first 20, 30 minutes, I didn't think it was as bad as folk were making out. See, I but, didn't think it was bad. I actually sat in the theatre with a huge smile on my face watching the whole thing. I think it's a bit like a lot of these other films that they bring back, you know, like Blade Runner and stuff like that. You remember the first ones and you think, right, okay, do it. You know, do it well. And it's sort of falls down a wee bit in relation to what you think they should be doing. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, Mary Poppins is quite popular. You can see it at, at the UK Pavilion in Epcot, and there's always a, a line to see her. Uh, so the popularity might be there, maybe just not for myself, but, you know, I think it's like anything else. Even folk from the UK still go to the UK Pavilion and eat fish and chips and maybe go and see Mary Poppins as well. 
I mean, this has been rumored for a very long time that there was going to be something Mary Poppins. I kind of hope, though, the rumor that we've always that I've always heard was that it was going to be a Mary Poppins carousel. I really hope that it's something more than a carousel. I mean, I would fan. You know, I definitely would. Especially, obviously, with the films. I mean, if there's like, if there's like a virtual reality type carousel ride where you start on the carousel and then it goes through, and like when they're during that whole scene where they're taking the carousel horses, that might be pretty cool, actually. But yeah, just a merry-go-round, please, Disney, don't do that crap. Uh, they're very scant in what they're, they're sort of releasing on this. They're just saying it's a ride and nothing much else. So they re-announced again the whole uh, China and Canada films, which I know they at the last D23 they talked about a China film that never got made, and now they're making it. And apparently right now, Oh Canada is closed, but it's going to be open... The theater is going to be open for people to sit in in air conditioning during food and wine. It's a wee bit out of the way, though, isn't it? I mean, it really, I mean, you have to have a wee bit of a trek right the way back at the, the back of the Canada Pavilion and way past the, the waterfall and stuff like that to get into the theater to actually sit down to get some air conditioning. And especially, obviously, when most of that is undercover anyway, you know, and obviously you've got quite a good wee bit of breeze. And a wee waterfall there, sort of cool you down at the side. So I find that a wee bit odd that they're opening that up for just a bit of air conditioning. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. I mean, especially if you have all your food, you're still walking a long way. So unless they're going to do something like uh, put stuff in there to get people, you know, maybe the maybe that's where you're gonna because it's so hot. Maybe that's where they're going to be serving the Lasellier uh, cheddar cheese soup. Maybe force yeah. you in there. I yeah, mean, obviously exactly. they've got the kid court station in there anyway. So uh, as far back as that. So if you're going there with the kids, obviously to get that sort of stamped and carry out your sort of drawings, you know, it might force you in if you you have to go there for your cheddar cheese soup. That would probably be a good move. Oh wow. The- I just had a major... You had that one? Yeah, wow. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was Thunder until the rumble came after, and I was like, wow, what's that? I thought that was just Dave being hungry again. <laughs> it's still rumbling. That I've never experienced Thunder like that. That is weird. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Florida, Dave. Yep. <laughs> okay, so the French Pavilion is going to uh, have... Um, Ratatouille open uh, next year in 2020. 2020, They're getting a new restaurant, La Creperie de Paris. Paris. That's easy for you to say. And um, obviously also the Beauty and the Beast sing-along is going to be coming. That was supposed to come, I thought, this summer, but apparently it's coming in in, uh, January which is going to be in the Impressions de France uh, building. And they're going to be still showing the movie because they better not not show that movie because that is the one of the best things about Epcot. It's one of the originals out there, and it's a nice uh, break from the heat, and it's a nice story. But uh, they're also going to be doing the sing-along in there, so add a couple of IPs. But we knew that was coming, but... Apparently that's a 2020 thing. I so, if they're going to do that, are they going to have the beast wandering about there as well? I'm sure of it. Because that would obviously the one of the main attractions they're going for dinner at the beer guest restaurant over the Magic Kingdom is actually seeing the beast. But obviously you've got to pay a premium to actually sit down and go for dinner there. Whereas if you're going to go to the Beauty the Beast sing along. And the beast comes out there. Um, the restaurant might take a hit. Well, if it's a sing-along, here's the thing that I don't get: 
why do they need a Beauty and the Beast sing-along when they have a Beauty and the Beast live on stage at the studios? Yeah. Unless they're going to close that and do something else with that. It's very, it's very possible that they that's untapped real estate over there. Because if they have the sing-along, they won't they won't need it. They can maybe they can probably do another show live on stage, and it could probably work very well to them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they're obviously not going to do Frozen because they got Equity Ben over at over on the other side doing the, the sing-along. So. But they can take that and tell any story that they want in that in that theater. So that that could be some good real estate. That would be interesting to see what they're going to do with that later. Yeah, definitely. All right. And a new reimagined future world where it's going to be uh, cut up into neighborhoods. And one of the neighborhoods already exists. It's going to be the World Showcase. So, again, thanks to Streaming the Magic. Uh, a shout out to my friend your lady Rodriguez who works on it. Uh, very uh, good work that she does going into Disney and streaming uh, for people that are not there to see what's going on there. She's one of their she's one of their workers. Some tremendous bloggers working for them right now. So on their blog they have the trans the transformation of Epcot. And this, by the way, uh, shout out to Julie who wrote this. The multi-year transformation of Epcot is underway. This is all that's coming in the future. The park will be unified with four neighborhoods that each celebrate a unique aspect of what makes Epcot so special. Where Future World currently stands, three new neighborhoods will spring up. World Celebration, World Discovery, and World Nature. And World Showcase will continue to celebrate culture, cuisine, architecture, and traditions from around the world. At World Celebration in Epcot, Spaceship Earth will remain the park's grand icon, but the journey will be transformed with new scenes reflecting the universal nature of the human experience. A new guide and all-new narration will focus on storytelling that brings people together. World Celebration in Epcot will also feature breathtaking views of Dreamer's Point, lush gardens, a wishing tree, and an interactive new fountain, and a new statue celebrating the legacy of the original dreamer, Walt Disney World. A new pavilion at World Celebration will be home, for, will be home base for Epcot's signature festivals, providing a stunning view of World Showcase and an ideal spot to witness the park's nighttime spectacular. This three-level structure will have one of the most remarkable designs at any Disney park. At the World Discovery neighborhood in Epcot, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind will feature the first reverse launch into space. The thrilling family-friendly attraction will feature a never-before-seen storytelling coaster that rotates to focus on the action where it may be. Also, an expansion of Mission Space Pavilion and the new restaurant Space 2020 will open this winter as an out-of-this-world culinary experience with the Centennial with the celestial panorama of space station, including daytime and nighttime views of Earth from 220 miles up. In the world... What? Sorry, here you go. Oh, and one more. In world nature, the reinvention of Epcot will include Journey of Water, inspired by Moana. This first ever experience inspired by Walt Disney Animation Studios' hit film will let guests interact with magical living water in a beautiful, inspiring setting. And the, and the Lands Pavilion's new film, Awesome Planet, which showcases the spectacular beauty, diversity, and dynamic story of the planet in, in world nature will begin welcoming guests in January 2020. And following the limited-time run of Epcot Forever, at Epcot, a new nighttime spectacular called Harmonious will be the largest ever created for a Disney park. It will celebrate how music of Disney inspires people all over the world. So, uh, that's quite a mouthful. What are your thoughts, yeah. Stephen? Epcot tipped upside down, I think. Uh, I'm quite excited about the restaurant. 
you know, uh, I think that would be a quite good concept. And it might be the, to the same point as what we were saying earlier on about Galaxy's Edge. Uh, obviously, it might be a wee bit less immersive than the hotel, but it'll give you an idea. I feel oh. like that's going to be I, a uh, dress rehearsal for the hotel. I was going to say it's a sort of precursor. Yeah. You know, so if you get that in there and you quite like that, you could obviously think about the, the Star Wars hotel. The Moana thing, uh, somebody said online that they think it's maybe just going to be a sort of splash pad sort of thing. You know, obviously with the, the fountains and interactive sort of water thing. This is so, I don't know to what extent that they're going to be throwing. Uh, watch it be watch it be something stupid like that they take the fountains outside of Imagination Pavilion <laughs> and like How Far I Go plays on it and it's just something like that uh, uh, no I'm just kidding That's, I'm sure it's going to be something spectacular I didn't I remember obviously when we were coming back and uh, Imagine Express the last time uh the bus driver was talking about Epcot Forever and the fact that he was saying, he says, oh yeah, Epcot Forever, Epcot Forever. He says, Epcot Forever is going to last for two years. <laughs> and, says, and then obviously they're going to bring the new one in. Uh, look. And you know what? People are going to love Epcot Forever. So when Epcot Forever say, ends, they're going, to send, they're going to sell all this merchandise. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It says they will, you know, if it... If it's a, a stopgap, it has to be something good, obviously, to take over from Illuminations, right? But in the same way, two years down the line. And again, it might not be two years down the line. It might yes, be more than think that. Of, think of uh, Rivers of Light and that debacle. Aye. Well, look at uh, Mickey's Toontown, you know. I mean, that was only meant to be a temporary thing as well. So uh, it could go on for a wee bit longer. But again... As you say, one set of finishes, they'll be having the, the last night of that. They'll be selling the T-shirts and the, the hats and everything else. You know, this is all last night of Epcot Forever. This is where I thought, obviously, even even the calling it Epcot Forever was a wee bit stupid. So do you, you know, think Figment is, <laughs> is going bye-bye? I saw a thing today. That say that another day passes and nothing mentioned about Figment, and you saw Figment with a a sort of suitcase as if this is every day goes by and you don't hear anything about him actually leaving is better for him. I know you love Figment, and it goes along with everything with your Twitter handle and everything like that. But I think it needs to either go. Or have a major revamp, and I know I'm fine with a major. I'm fine with a major revamp. Aye, and he's a major icon right the way through all the festivals and stuff. You see him on all the, even even for illuminations. You know, you see him at you know on top, and they're selling t-shirts with him on it. You know, final illuminations night. What he's going to do with illuminations, I really don't know, but he seems to get everywhere, and he is a popular character. But they need to do something with it. They need to do well, that's, a major revamp. Because even be for the last time with Dreamfinder and stuff, yeah. you know, they, they should really bring that sort of idea back. And it, it's, I know it's obviously going backwards. Well, is this where the Moana thing's going to go? Sorry, is this again? where the Moana attraction's going to go? Or do you think that they're going to put that at the seas? I think it's going to be at the seas. I think a, a few folk were saying it was going to be at the seas. So you've still got that pavilion. You know, with Figment still sort of lying about. But again, all the water is up there. You know, you get the dancing fountains, you've got the reverse, the reverse fountains as well uh, up there. So there's a plenty of water kicking about there. That you can actually put a Moana thing in and it wouldn't be that. So do you think they're going to get rid of Nemo, though? Mm, I don't know. You think that Until they actually redo... producing more concept art of where they're actually going to be putting things, you know, Evans up for grabs, I think, at the moment. Hmm. Interesting. Especially the fact that, obviously, you know, when you walk into Epcot on the right-hand side, that whole area is going to be demolished. So, from standing in the middle of the hub, you're going to look over, you're going to be able to see the land pavilion, you're going to be able to see the seas pavilion, this is true. you're going to be able to see... You know, Figment 
you know, right the way throughout, you're going to see all these uh, pavilions. So there has to be something to draw you in there. And I'm afraid at this moment in time, Figment's not really there. Yeah. What's going to be interesting to see is on um, Thursday when Food and Wine starts, how much Figment merch they're going to be selling. Is he? I've not really seen the the merchandise that's kicking about for. I Good haven't seen it either. The main, no, I was going to say because he has been previously, you know. And still, even at Flower and Garden, he's quite prominent on a lot of merchandise. So yeah, look, he is a popular, it's a popular character, you know. He is a, out there in a lot of the merchandise, but the rise just it's too old. You know, and ugh, time for a revamp, I think. I want to talk about one more thing before we uh, go. Yeah. And this is actually uh, not uh, Disney Parks related, but it's the new Disney Plus. Now, I was very excited to see that there's going to be a show on Disney Plus hosted by Joe Rody and about his travels called On the Road with Rody. Yep. My only question, though, now that I've been thinking about it, though, is is Disney overestimating its parks fan base for the streaming service? Because anybody who is there, there are Disney fans who are fans of Disney movies and, oh, I'll go to Disney World every now and then. I like to go to Disney World. But does your average Disney park goer know who Joe Rohde is? And is it going to... I, I I was really excited to hear about this, but the more I think about it, I'm like, how is this... Is this show really going to take off? Because, yeah, we know who Joe Rohde is because we're uh, Parks fanatics and we know we blog about it, we podcast about it, we're constantly checking Twitter. We, we, know, we know who the Imagineers are. Your average Disney goer has no idea who Joe Rohde is. So that's... That's my question on these things. Your average Disney goers just going to look at your cartoons, your films, and stuff like that. They're not going to be interested in that. But the same way, the folk like us are excited about seeing what Joe Rody's actually going to be doing. And I know, obviously, we told the story about how he was told about uh, Animal Kingdom. You know, when he was over, what was it? Tibet? He was over. Uh, he, he ba- Bali. Mongolia and, up in the air yeah. with the, oh, he, the no, he was, he, was, he was in Mongolia during that time. Aye, and the only way you could get reception is throwing your phone up in the air. Uh, obviously, in an otter box there, and you throw it up in the air, it catches the signal and it comes back down. And at that point, it was told that Animal Kingdom was a gore. Not Animal Kingdom, story. Uh, Pandora. That's, I, I mean, that that's the sort of story that, you know, it sort of grabs your attention. Yeah. You know, you definitely want to hear more. If he can tell you a story like that, it's, I want to hear more from him. I do too. Especially, um, obviously, the fact is, you know, a major Imagineer. You know, if folk, I think that may have a bigger attraction than you think, Dave. Okay. Because it will drag more folk in. Well, for me, it was it was like it was like Christmas morning when I heard it. I just, oh, yeah. this was just later on. This was kind of my... I'm not going to say meditating, but later on I was driving and I was thinking about it, and then that, that kind of popped into my head. So I was like, hmm, something to bring up and discuss with Stephen tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I tell folks, I tell folk about that story about the Otter Box all the time. You know, when we're talking, this is all about business. It's, I'll, say, I'll tell you this story. And they don't, they've not got a clue who Joe Rody is. You know, they don't really have any interest in, in Disney, but that's a story. And if you can produce stories like that in an ongoing thing, and he's out in his travels and actually just throwing these things in, just off the cuff, you know, it will, I think it will drag a lot more folk in. And you think about how many folk listen to podcasts, like, you know, listen to our podcast, you know, a lot more of them, you know, you get the vlogs, you get stuff like that. Uh, maybe just lying in the background. Maybe they do want to know more about uh, the sort of ins and outs of Disney and how they actually produce rides and concepts of lands, you know, are, di- are completely different parks as well. 
And again, it's only going to be what maybe an hour a week. So yeah. I mean, everything else will be sort of filled with you know, your, your other content. I mean, obviously, The Mandalorian. You know, I'm looking forward to to mm-hmm. seeing that. Uh, and hopefully, it's got. I mean, they've got the Obi Wan Kenobi series coming out as well. They're saying that yeah. Ewan McGregor is going to reprise his role there. So there's plenty of stuff that's going to be there. You know, and it will be a sort of original content, and it has obviously to to battle with you know your Amazon Primes and uh, Netflix sort of stuff. So it has to be good. You know, you just can't just throw something in there now and expect folk just to watch it because it's Star Wars or it's another franchise. Yeah, it has to be good because these two big hitters are producing great series. You know, such as Stranger Things and stuff like that. You know, that folk. What will want to actually come in and subscribe to your your platform? This is obviously true, so I will definitely give you that. Yeah, well, it's not coming across here until I think in late into twenty twenty, so we'll have to just wait and see uh, about getting a subscription for that over in the UK. Very cool. And with that, yeah. Stephen, where can you be found in the Twitterverse? Yeah, well, you can get me at uh, Facebook under Stephen Maxwell and on Twitter, I'm under the username of SJM Disney. And I can be found on the interwebs at Figments Reality, both on Twitter and Instagram. And Stephen, where can we find the Mickey Dudes? Yeah, you can find the Mickey Dudes at mickeydudes.com. We're also on Instagram and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. And there's lots of content coming out in relation to our Instagram recently as well. So uh, go over there and give that a shout. Excellent. And you want to take us out, Stephen? Yep. Well, have a magical day and we'll speak to you next week. listen to another exciting episode at the mickey dudes podcast you can find the mickey dudes on facebook at the mickey dudes podcast and on twitter at the mickey dudes if you enjoyed our podcast please share the love on stitcher or itunes thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon